0: Welcome to this special edition of Daily Vet Life. Where we're bringing you short interview synopses of presentations from the 2021 AAEP convention. These special editions are brought to you by Zoetis. In this episode, we're talking to Nathan Slovis, DVM, DACVIM, CHT, Director of Haggard Equine Medical Institute's McGee Center in Kentucky. Dr. Slovis presented a table topic with Elizabeth Swain O'Fallon, DVM, D A C V A I M of Colorado State University on the interpretation of the chemistry panel. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Slovis. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Kim. Well, I know this is such a busy time, so we won't keep you too long, but could you maybe just tell us the key points that you all covered in your table topic that veterinarians should know about interpretation of the chemistry panel? And so, the main main topic we were talking about is just some differentials.
1: What I mean by differentials is how to interpret the chemistry panel in light of your patient exam. Because one thing that we as veterinarians get into is sometimes we'll look at the chemistry panel and then sometimes ignore or forget about the physical exam we just did two hours ago or three hours ago on that patient. And sometimes the chemistry panel may not look like what the patient looks like. And then you start scratching your head and you start thinking to yourself, boy, you know, what, what exactly is going on with this patient? And that's when you start getting into some of the details of the chemistry report and try to look at it and just try to correlate it to your physical exam. So A, number one, your physical exam is the most important exam you can do as a better hand. Number two, the chemistry panel helps you determine what the etiology potentially of your patient illness or you know elements that are going on and so some of the things we're looking at is creatinine and creatinine is one of the values that we look at in regards to kidney function okay because creatinine is excreted out of the kidney and uh, the big thing is if we start seeing an increased creatinine level the question is is it because that horse is dehydrated And therefore, they're not getting good perfusion or blood flow in the kidney. And therefore, kidney function can be compromised a little. Or is it because you actually have an insult to the kidney that may be going on? Or when it comes to foals, foals sometimes are born with elevated kidney values, creating specifically. At that time, it could just be some issues going on with the placenta. And what I mean is placenta, the placenta is pretty much the dialysis unit for the foal. So if that has some issues going on, what can end up having is decreased clearance of this creatine, which is a marker for kidney function in simplistic terms. So it's really important to know the age of the animal because we just went through a scenario where if it's elevated to young foal, a newborn foal, you may not get as worried. You just come back and recheck the blood work up the next day. Versus an adult that has a high kidney value, or creatinine, as we're talking about, you may want to investigate uh, potential infectious diseases. you're looking for fevers, and if you have a fever and high kidney values, well then, you know, what is that? Is that because you have a disease called leptospirosis, a bacteria that can affect the kidneys? Or is it because you have fevers because you have a pneumonia and your is are drinking as well? And therefore, that can cause your increased kidney values. Again, it can give a veterinarian an idea of what is going on. Just because it's specific for an organ system doesn't mean that organ system is per se the primary cause of your horse's illness. It just makes us as veterinarians look at our physical exam, look at the overall chemistry panel, and decide you know what is the next step in regards to diagnostics. So we invest our money wisely. One well, was the biggest take-home in regards to the, the biochemistry panel is being able to interpret, you know, who needs to have test on there and understand what organ system is involved there. Another big topic that we did discuss about was serum amyloid A. Serum amyloid A is an acute phase of protein. So when you have an acute, acute means you know, an immediate, so to speak, an incident or a disease really you know, like just on a quick start itself. If you have a fever, or maybe it's your first day of the disease, the serum amyloid A could potentially rise quite quickly compared to some other um, inflammation markers like fibrinogen that could take several days to elevate. And so we're concerned about the use of serum amyloid A. How do we use it in veterinary medicine? Because sometimes it's so sensitive. For instance, if your horse is vaccinated, that value can be elevated, serum amyloid A. And if it's elevated, is it because and your horse had a fever? Is it because your horse has a fever because they're recently vaccinated, or is it something else going on? And that's where the story gets in the gray zone when it comes to that test. Serum amyloid A, also when we were talking in graduating age, do we use that to diagnose a disease? And you really can't diagnose a specific disease with ceramidol A. All they can tell you is if it's elevated, you have likely an infectious disease process going on, and
0: therefore we need to look at the animal closer and try to figure out what that is. Part of the world's leading animal health company with a 70-year legacy, Zoetis Equine is committed to providing horse care products and services that veterinarians and their teams can count on. With trusted vaccines such as CoriQ and FluVax Innovator, leading Diagnostics like the Staple Lab stall SAA blood test and the number one vet trusted equine sedative, dermosidan, and a portfolio of regenerative medicine devices that includes ProSTride APS. Zoetis is always by your side. Be sure to follow Zoetis Equine on Facebook and Instagram today. And again, serum amyloid A is non-specific because it just
1: increases root in, an infection. If you have equine asthma, it doesn't really increase because that's not an infectious disease. It, it is allergic. And sometimes it is allergic components. We may not see serum amyloid A increase. But, but what we do as veterinarians, what we really like it for, and we talk about it to the audience, is a monitor treatment. Because if you're on the correct treatment, you go why the serum amyloid A is elevated, because of pneumonia or something else. You're on the right treatment, that acute phase protein that increases with inflammation, or excuse me, with an infection, you're on the right treatment plan, it should go down. So, we had a debate with veterinarians about uh, diseases we use it for to monitor treatment. And I think we really like it for that dog. Really, I like it myself to monitor treatment and make sure I'm on the treatment should go down. Um, and so that was a, 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 good, a good discussion there and about certain diseases where somebody had an, a real bad pneumonia and it did say amyloid A, but it was normal. And the question was, well, this test is useless because I always had pneumonia, I know it did. I looked, I saw the ultrasound, I saw this, I saw that. And we remind people, is just one instant in time that you're drawing this blood. And no test is perfect. You know, it's not 100% perfect. So you may need to, if you suspect something, a kidney issue, a liver issue, you may want to go out there in a day or two and retest the blood and see if any of those values go up. And a lot of times when we take that blood test, it's that one moment in instant at that one time, that's what the blood looked like and it could change rapidly depending on the animal's condition. So we need to understand that and educate the clients that it's most likely we're like to invest in a little more in regards to blood work a day or two later to follow up on things to so make sure nothing else is popping up. Um, we we'll also talked about it broadly different uh new tests that are coming out there on the on the market in regards to genetic tests that University of California gave us offers. We've got sort of sidetracked here and there talking about different tests that are out there beyond the biochemistry because it is an exciting time uh, in regards to equine diagnostics with PCR technology as a like DNA technology that's out there. You can analyze a single fecal sample and again we've got uh, sidetracked there discussing that. But specifically we're given instances about uh, case discussions of so veterinarians of animals we've seen the clinic, and the abnormalities noted on blood workup and what tests are out there they can run and, and assess a patient on. Just something that's not you may not think is routine uh, testing that they that can be out there and different diagnostic tests that are available. So it was a good discussion, and just the key thing is. Remember, the same biochemistry is this one moment in time. If your animal is still ill and you know, and you feel like, boy, I don't want to do blood workup again because I can show anything. Well, it can. Blood work can change over 48 hours, and it may give your veterinarian better a, a insight about what is going on. And it will not be considered an ill-biased investment. Uh, we see that all the time here, and I think that was the biggest take-home just one moment in time, you're looking into that animal with that blood test, and things can change.
0: Well, those are some great points, Dr. Slovis. We really appreciate this this extremely busy time of year that you uh, you joined us for that. And uh, thank you again for joining us. And thanks to Zoetis for sponsoring these podcasts. And make sure that all of our listeners take in all twelve of these special editions of the Daily Vet Life. And make sure to go to and you can listen to them there and read a short article uh, of these 12 special editions from the 2021 AAEP convention. Thanks very much.